they then made me come out of my sabbatical for this. Oh, I did not want to discuss this. But now I feel like it is my duty as a content creator and also one that loves professional wrestling and sports entertainment. I feel like I have to do this podcast. So here we are. And let me let me just preface this by saying that this is not the start of season three. Okay, it's not. Um, there are still many things that I want and I need to do before I get going with the third season of the Philosophy Sessions podcast. Having said all of that, my phone has been blowing up with text messages, calls, DMs from all over social media since last Thursday. But why? Well, I'm about to tell you. But before I do, allow me to welcome you to this special edition, uncut, unedited, one take. I say one take, but this is actually take number four because I've had multiple microphone issues and people like to constantly call me at the most opportune times. Anyway. This is a special edition, uncut, unedited, one-take-slash-four-take edition of the Philosophy Sessions podcast. I am your host and owner of PW Digital Media Entertainment, Phil Washington. As always, I am coming to you from the home base, the home of PW Digital Media Entertainment, the home of the Philosophy Sessions podcast, Orlando Florida, the city beautiful. Now you can always find us streaming on our exclusive platforms to the podcast. And we like to say thank you again to Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Amazon Audible. They've been great to us. Uh, it's free to subscribe. So do me a favor, share with your friends and your family. And if you like what you hear, you can support the podcast with a five-star rating. Now, with that, that will then give us the opportunity to grow and for our partners to take notice of us and further share the content to a wider audience. From the day ones that have listened from the beginning to the new subscribers listening for the very first time, I just want to thank you and tell you that every time I can hop on the mic, it is an honor, it is a blessing to take a few minutes of your time to entertain you. So again, I want to say thank you. 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 If you read the title of this podcast, then most of you already know where I'm going. With that being said, this is not an episode for the little ones. No, 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 no. This one's far from it. So I feel like it is my duty as a responsible podcaster, content creator, to provide this disclaimer that this podcast 
we'll be talking about some graphic and horrific events that touch on the subject of sexual assault. Now, if you personally feel that this topic is uncomfortable with you, with all due respect, I am going to ask you at this time, just skip this episode all together. Okay? Is that fine? Just skip it all together. You don't, you don't have to listen to it. And you can just wait until I get started with Season 3 of the Philosophy Sessions Podcast. That has been your disclaimer. That has been your warning. If you're still with me, buckle up. So, last Thursday afternoon, there was a lawsuit that was filed into the United States District Court for the District of Connecticut, naming Vince McMahon, founder of the WWE, the WWE as a company, and the former head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis, as defendants. The lawsuit was filed by who I am going to refer to as Miss Grant, a former WWE employee. She alleges that Vince McMahon violated the Trafficking Victims Prevention Act, and it includes claims of civil battery and intentional infliction of emotional distress in relation to years-long sexual and emotional abuse that Miss Grant says she endured as an employee of World Wrestling Entertainment. The lawsuit seeks unspecified monetary damages as well as a declaratory judgment that a non-disclosure agreement in NDA that Grant signed while she was a WWE employee is, quote, void and unenforceable and does not bar any of the plaintiff's claims against defendants McMahon and WWE. Of course, this news comes two days after the WWE announced that their flagship weekly show Monday Night Raw, which currently can be seen live on the USA Network from 8 to 11 p.m., Eastern Time had come to a monumental agreement with Netflix that would secure having the rights to WWE's Monday Night Raw show for up to 10 years and the value of the deal being worth up to $5 billion. Let me say that again. You're going to secure a show for up to 10 years and the value being $5 billion. You're paying $500 million. for a show. Also on that same day, it was announced by TKO, the group that runs both the WWE and UFC, that Dwayne The Rock Johnson would come on board as part of the board of directors for the organization, which is huge. You have one of the most recognizable stars in Hollywood and in sports entertainment joining your team to help with 
things like promotions, facilitating deals with companies, and maybe even, maybe, maybe, maybe one more match. If, if he decides to lace up his boots and drop the people's elbow one more time. That Tuesday was an amazing day for WWE and TKO, especially riding on the wave that it was the week of the Royal Rumble in Tampa Bay, hosted at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg on Saturday night, which I believe it was a sellout crowd and they had close to 48,000 people, I want to say. And then on... Monday night for Raw, live from Amelie Arena in Tampa. They had 14,000 some odd people. So between the two shows, you're looking at close to 63,000 people in attendance. But as one superstar noted during the press conference after the Royal Rumble, you, you just couldn't avoid the fact that yes there was a dark cloud there was a dark cloud unfortunately hovering over the wwe that being left by one vincent kennedy mcmahon and just to give you a little little bit of a backstory of why i'm even talking about this in the 1990s, I became a wrestling fan. I'll be honest, at first, I actually started watching World Championship Wrestling, or WCW first, when they had the likes, the characters of Hollywood Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, ooh, yeah, dig it, uh, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Sting, Disco Inferno, Ray Mysterio Jr., Conan, Booker T, five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion, Chris Jericho, and of course the faction known worldwide as the NWO or the New World Order. That was all over your television screens on a weekly basis if you tuned in Monday nights for Nitro on TNT and on Thursday nights for Thunder on the TBS Superstation. I watched WCW until one night when when Nitro went to commercial, you know, I decided switch switch to another channel while the commercial was on. That other channel was the USA Network. On the USA Network was WWF Monday Night Raw. Now, I kid you not, the first person I remember seeing was someone named The Rock. And here he is in a button-down silk shirt holding the WWF Intercontinental Championship talking on the mic about laying the smackdown on someone's 
candy ass as he was taking them to the Smackdown Hotel at the corner of Know Your Role Boulevard and Jabroni Drive. <laughs> I mean, you, you couldn't make this up. Then, I got introduced to the core characters of the World Wrestling Federation at that time. We're talking about Triple H. We'll talk about more of him later on. Shawn Michaels. Kane. The Undertaker, who, I'm not gonna lie, scared me a little bit during his Ministry of Darkness days. Freaky. Um... Mick Foley, Mankind, Cactus Jack, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and others, Edge and Christian, Hardy Boys. There was something about the WWF, not now WWE, at that time that got my attention. Maybe it was the catchy entrance themes. Maybe it was the pyro displays during the entrance for the superstars. Maybe it was the unique stages for not just Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, but for the pay-per-views. Maybe it was the superstars and characters themselves. I, I, I don't know. All I know is that from that night on... I kind of split time between the WWF and WCW. And it was at that moment that your boy was hooked to professional wrestling and or sports entertainment, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Now enter Vince McMahon, back then founder and chairman of the World Wrestling Federation, now World Wrestling Entertainment. He played the authority figure in the WWF, simply known as Mr. McMahon. He played no games, demanded respect, and did what he always thought was, quote, best for business. Now, one could argue that his character almost matched his true persona off camera, both for the good and for the bad. Vincent, unfortunately, did not have the best history when it came to dealing with women within the company. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to read a portion of a story that was released almost two years ago, so July 2002, and this is going to have excerpts from both uh, sources are ESPN and the Wall Street Journal, just to go ahead and set up the stage for the lawsuit that we're going to talk about here in a second. So McMahon allegedly paid out $7.5 million to a former wrestler who claimed that McMahon coerced her into giving him oral sex, demoted her, and then decided not to renew her contract in 2005 after she resisted further sexual encounters with him, per the Wall Street Journal. 
The wrestler and her lawyer reportedly negotiated a non-disclosure agreement with McMahon in 2018. The journal report details a total of $12 million allegedly paid out to four different women over the last 16 years to quiet allegations of the 76-year-old McMahon's sexual misconduct. Last month, that being June 2022, the Wall Street uh, Journal reported that the WWE board was investigating a secret $3 million payout from McMahon to a former employee, a paralegal over an alleged affair. Keep that in mind. In the aftermath of that news, WWE announced McMahon would be stepping away from his duties as chairman and CEO, replaced in the interim by his daughter, Stephanie, though he would maintain his role as head of creative. So he left, but he actually didn't leave, if that makes sense. Sources told ESPN at the time that this was largely an optics play, see, and McMahon was still running the company alongside WWE president Nick Khan. In the new report, the journal cited documents and those familiar with the deals that McMahon paid the former wrestler $7.5 million for her silence. In addition, McMahon allegedly sent unsolicited naked photos of himself ill to a WWE contractor and sexually harassed her on the job leading to about a $1 million non-disclosure settlement in 2008 in a 2006 agreement the w, a former WWE manager was paid a million dollars to say, to stay silent about McMahon initiating a sexual relationship with her now, the WWE board is continuing its investigation, which also includes allegations that WWE executive John Laurinaitis had a sexual relationship with the same former paralegal involved with the allegedly $3 million payment per the journal. We're going to be talking about that here in a second. Laurinaitis is also being investigated for an alleged $1.5 million NDA with an employee claiming sexual misconduct in 2012. Laurinaitis is reportedly currently on administrative leave. Now, since then, um, John Laurinaitis has been let go. He is no longer employed by World Wrestling Entertainment or TKO. He has no involvement, none whatsoever. He is done. He is out. Peace out. So keeping that, keeping all of that in mind, okay, I want to set this, set the stage now, because uh, I want to remind some of you, remind you of some of the most interesting romantic storylines that Vince had while in WWE, and this is on on camera these now keep in mind these are all storylines so it's not real but i want you to just think of this dude's imagination so in 2001 he had a romantic relationship on camera storyline with tori wilson after she was brought over from wcw 
she seduced Vince to get a job with the WWF with real life Linda, Linda McMahon watching. Once again, this is storyline. 2002, he had a romantic relationship with Stacy Keebler, another former WCW superstar who transferred over to the WWF. Mid-2000s, I want to say this was somewhere between like 2003 to 2005, he had a romantic relationship with a chick named Candice Michelle as part of Vince's Devils. Vince's Devils included Candice Michelle, oh God, Tori Wilson, who was the third? Was it Victoria? I don't know. It might have been those three. But that storyline pretty much had Vince McMahon look like he was the WWE version of Hugh Hefner of Playboy. Yeah. 2003, he had a romantic on-camera storyline relationship with Sable. And this was Sable's second go-around with the company. That lasted couple months maybe I don't know if it lasted a full year but uh, yeah that was um, cringeworthy and then the one that I will not soon forget was the storyline in 2001 involving brand new female WWF superstar named Trish Stratus Vince and Linda the entire family was just going at it. And there was one episode where Vince asked Linda for a divorce and then found Trish. And they had a romantic relationship for months. But a few months later, Vince humiliated Trish live on, I believe it was Monday Night Raw. Things got stale. And Vince forced Trish Stratus. That get, let me just preface this again. This is a storyline, but still. Forced Trish to get on her knees and bark like a dog. Rough, rough. How sick can you be? Once again, a cringeworthy storyline that lasted way longer than it should have. But in the end... Trish got her revenge by slapping Vince during a pay-per-view event. But you can you can see dude's imagination and fantasies were just off the charts. Now I'm not going to lie, it made for some interesting and sometimes cringe-worthy television. But the one thing Vince did a very good job of, it kept you watching the product. Because quite frankly, 
you didn't know what the hell Vince was going to do next. You had no idea what he was going to do. Now, taking all of that into consideration, let's now discuss the allegations that were brought into the lawsuit. So here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the summary of the lawsuit, which will give you the highlighted version of the whole 67-page lawsuit. Now, the, the, the summary takes up maybe six to seven pages in the lawsuit. But it gives you, like I said, it gives you a, a real good, a, a good idea of what was going on. If you, if you want to read the whole lawsuit online, it's, it's there, it's public. I'm pretty sure you just type in Vince McMahon 2024 lawsuit. It'll come up. Click on the PDF link. Bam, it comes up right there. It's, I've read it twice now. Now, probably almost three times. And, you know, every time I read it, I feel like I learned something new, even though I've read it twice before. And it's like, damn, my God, this mofo is sick. He's sick. But here we go. So the plaintiff, Miss Grant, she's a former employee of WWE who was the victim of physical and emotional abuse, sexual assault, and trafficking at WWE. Miss Grant is filing this lawsuit not just to address her own suffering, but also to act for those who are afraid to speak out. WWE's billionaire founder and executive chairman, defendant Vincent Kennedy McMahon, lived in a penthouse duplex in Miss Grant's apartment building. The two met in March 2019 when Miss Grant was dealing with profound grief and struggling financially after devoting years to around-the-clock caregiving. Her parents passed away. On top of that, she was unemployed and her family home was lost in the parents' bankruptcy. After her family passed away, Miss Grant decided or dedicated herself to finding gainful employment. Neighbors in her building provided career advice and sought her assistance with personal events. Ms. Grant used these non-paying roles and volunteer work in the community to build her resume. The building's resident manager wanted to help, so she messaged Vince to ask whether he would talk to her, sharing that Ms. Grant had been through hardship and would do great things if given a fresh start. McMahon enthusiastically responded, hell yes. McMahon befriended Miss Grant, giving her hopes of a new life with promises of a yet-to-be-determined role within WWE, showering her with attention and assurances along with gifts like a VIP experience at WrestleMania. But what seemed like a dream in the spring of 2019 quickly became 
a nightmare. As McMahon dangled career-making and life-changing promises in front of Miss Grant, he demonstrated an increasing lack of boundaries. During several meetings that were ostensibly about a potential job at WWE, he greeted her in his underwear. Should have been the first red flag. Touched her. Repeatedly asked for hugs. And spent hours sharing intimate details about his personal life. McMahon warned Miss Grant to keep their closeness secret, lest rumors lead to public trouble, and added that while he protects loyal people, loyal people, he had world-class legal resources on speed dial to deal with people who became a problem. Red flag number two. As such, when McMahon pushed Miss Grant for a physical relationship, red flag number three, in return for a long-promised employee at WWE, she felt trapped in an impossible situation submitting to McMahon's sexual demands or facing ruin. Miss Grant feared she had everything to lose and faced negative consequences no matter what happened. After succumbing to the pressure for a physical relationship, Miss Grant was slotted into an entry-level position as a as an administrator coordinator, a position McMahon created for her in WWE's legal department. Miss Grant began work in that role on June 17, 2019. Miss Grant remained in that role with the exception of a temporary relocation to the XFL Extreme Football League until McMahon verbally directed her to transfer to the Talent Relations Department reporting to defendant John Laurinaitis on March 9, 2021. During a conversation the same day, McMahon explained that her presence in the legal department was effectively delaying efforts to hire a new general counsel for the company. McMahon and Laurinaitis informed Ms. Grant that she would be promoted to vice president of operations in the talent relations department, uh, providing her with an organizational chart reflecting this decision. Shortly thereafter, they informed her that they needed her to begin at a lower level as a director, but promised her promotion to vice president within a 12-month period. Despite Ms. Grant's expressions of unhappiness and attempts to end the sexual relationship, and while she came to understand that McMahon expected the physical relationship to continue as part of her employment, she had no idea how sordid it would become nor how the psychological torture and physical violence would leave her feeling helpless, isolated, and trapped. In March 2020, McMahon began sharing sexually explicit photos and videos of Miss Grant, including pornographic content he recorded. 
with other men, both inside and outside the companies, both inside and outside the company, including with members of the television production tech team, executives, four producers, and a world famous athlete and a former UFC heavyweight champion with whom WWE was actively trying to sign to a new contract and ultimately did sign that contract. Now, a co- now that said, athlete, world famous athlete and former UFC heavyweight champion. If you've watched the product, especially over the last 10 15, 20 years. You can put two and two together and figure out who the lawsuit is talking about, even though it doesn't name him, it doesn't say him by name. Most of us can figure out that his initials are B L. Given McMahon's omnipotent position at WWE, coercion was inherent in his increasingly depraved level coordinator in the legal department. Hold on. Rewind. Given McMahon's omnipotent position at WWE, coercion was inherent in his increasingly depraved sexual demands. There we go. You can read. Nice. Specifically, while McMahon was CEO of WWE and Miss Grant was employed as an entry-level coordinator in the legal department, McMahon recruited individuals to have sexual relations with Miss Grant and or with the two of them. Directed Miss Grant to visit defendant Laurenitis prior to the start of workdays for sexual encounters and expected and directed Miss Grant to engage in sexual activity at the WWE headquarters, even during working hours. <sighs> you sick son of a... <laughs> All this time, McMahon ordered Miss Grant to keep their relationship secret, unless otherwise instructed, including lying to maintain whatever cover stories he fabricated. McMahon's assurances that Miss Grant's that Miss Grant was safe and independent rang hollow in light of his efforts to isolate her from friends and attempts to chip away at her identity until it was replaced with his desired role for her as his, excuse my French, I gotta read it from the lawsuit, as his bitch, his quote, fantasy, and or his quote, porn star while occasionally intermixing softer descriptors like girlfriend and baby and even love when convenient. He exercised complete ownership and control over both her personal and professional lives. McMahon also subjected Miss Grant to acts of extreme cruelty and degradation that caused Miss Grant to disassociate and or become numb to reality in order to survive the horrific encounters. Brace yourselves for this one. Let's see how well I can clean this up. 
<sighs> as one example of McMahon's extreme depravity on May 9th, 2020, he then went number two on Miss Grant during a three-way and then commanded her to continue pleasuring his friend with pieces of number two in her hair and running down her back while McMahon went to the bathroom to shower off. Upon his return from the bathroom, McMahon and his friend actively resumed this three-way, which lasted over an hour and a half, while Miss Grant remained covered in McMahon's filth. When McMahon's friend left, McMahon ordered her to stay and to continue to sexually gratify him. So, how sick in the mind do you have to be to Pretty much take a crap on your lover. Pretty, that's pretty much what happened. She didn't got a crap in her hair. It's running down her back. They still going at it. Yet, yet Vince goes to the bathroom to shower off. Then comes back and resumes operation, if you will. He's clean. The friend is so-called clean, kind of, but the, the lady is still, oh, oh God, how can I say this? Performing with number two all over her. That's... I, I can't even, like, I, if, if you've been watching professional wrestling sports entertainment, and when we, when you knew that for the longest time the WWE was the only game in town, and the only thing that we could watch on Mondays and Tuesdays and Fridays and occasional pay-per-views, PLEs that they call now premium live events, when the WWE was the only game in town. This is what we had to watch, and now I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to convince myself that maybe some of the worst years in WWE did. I mean, was was Vince even concentrating on the product at that time? 
because I can remember there was a string of like two, three, four years at the WWE. It was just bad. Like the storylines were horrible that the, the athletes, they were doing everything that they can. But at the same time, any storyline that involved Vince, it was like, yo, like this is, this is kind of wild. This, and now, you know, reading, reading this, talking about his, talking about his fantasies. Vince is a sick, twisted son of a bitch. He is. And if this wasn't bad enough, in June 2021, McMahon and defendant John Laurinaitis sexually assaulted Miss Grant inside Laurinaitis's office inside WWE headquarters. So all this was going on while colleagues were busy at their desk. Behind a locked door, two men cornered her and pulled her in between them, forcibly touched her before ultimately putting her on top of a table, which was, I believe, the conference table in between them. She begged them to stop, but they forced themselves on her, each taking turns, restraining her from the other while saying, quote, no means yes, and, quote, I got to read it because it was in the lawsuit, quote, take it, bitch. You are physically, sexually assaulting an employee at WWE headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut during work hours. It, it don't matter if it's work hours, just doing it at all. These two just sick in the mind. <sighs> Unsurprisingly, others at WWE knew what was going on, but instead of intervening to protect Miss Grant, WWE actively sought to conceal the wrongdoing. If that's the case, the WWE has a lot of explaining to do. Like a lot, a lot. Here's where it gets interesting. In January 2022, McMahon told Miss Grant that his wife, Linda, had found out about their relationship, purportedly to avoid divorce, negative publicity, and other repercussions. McMahon said that Miss Grant's time at WWE was at an end, but that he wanted her to sign an NDA to ensure her silence on, among other things, his personal misconduct. In the days ahead, McMahon put Miss Grant under immense pressure to sign, saying that refusing 
would not only jeopardize McMahon, his family, and the company, but that she'd surely become a public headline, suffer reputational ruin, including from the pornographic content McMahon had captured, and face McMahon's legal resources. Conversely, McMahon reassured her that her signature would ensure his continued support and protection and safeguard her reputation. Ultimately, Miss Grant succumbed to the pressure and signed the NDA in exchange for payments, which McMahon later stopped making. Even after pushing Miss Grant out of the company and muzzling her with an NDA, McMahon's continued efforts to exploit her, including attempting to traffic her to a WWE star who would be in New York City for a live event and TV taping in March 2022. That same WWE superstar that was a world-famous athlete and former UFC heavyweight champion with the initials, I believe they are B.L., Understandably, the defendant's predatory conduct has left Miss Grant crippled, both physically and mentally, including from debilitating symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder and suicidal ideation. These symptoms led to her termination from her subsequent job running her building's operations due to her inability to leave her home for weeks at a time. Despite McMahon's promise of reputational uh, protection, WWE appears to have leaked information that led to the public disclosure of her name by a media blogger who cited a source within hashtag WWE with direct knowledge of the situation, which upon information and belief was an overt intimidation tactic aimed at Ms. Grant. WWE has also attempted to sweep the matter under the rug following media reports that McMahon was involved in a, quote, hush money payment scandal. WWE released a statement in June 2022 to announce that a special committee of its board of directors was investigating the alleged misconduct and appointing Stephanie McMahon as interim CEO and interim chairwoman. In this capacity, Ms. McMahon publicly affirmed her commitment to, quote, doing everything in her power to help the special committee complete its work and to implement its findings. She also declared the importance of a safe and collaborative workplace. Notwithstanding this public statement, the investigation was a sham. In November 2022, WWE touted the conclusion of the special committee investigation into the misconduct, yet the special committee never even bothered to interview Ms. Grant or request any documents despite Ms. Grant stating that she will cooperate. In SEC filings, the company tried to divert attention away from McMahon's abuse of women by focusing on the technical issue of how hush money was accounted for. In the words of the company, the issue was 
immaterial accounting errors related to certain payments that Mr. McMahon agreed to make during the period from 2006 through 2022. Through all this trauma, Ms. Grant has endured profound suffering and silence feeling of exploitation, loss of security, and the fear of facing the wrath of WWE and McMahon's army of attorneys if she were to come forward and bring to light the egregious acts detailed herein. That time has passed, and Ms. Grant seeks to hold defendants accountable for their reprehensible and unlawful acts for her own sake and for others. Ms. Grant seeks a declaratory judgment that her NDA is invalid under a federal and state under federal and state laws and asserts claims other laws including the Trafficking Victims Protection Act. That was the summary that was in the 67 page lawsuit. If you want to read the whole thing, like I said, it's online because that portion, the after the summary, it goes into step by step, day by day, each major event into detail. And my God, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. It's really bad. It's disgusting. It really is. Now, uh, like I said, there there are text messages that were included in this lawsuit, including two that really stood out to me enough that I could mention. I could mention that I can mention them in the podcast. There are others that I'm not even going to entertain, because they are just disgusting. The first one was on May 12, 2020, pulled from the lawsuit. Vince sent this to Miss Grant saying, quote, I'm the only one who owns you and controls who I want to F you. Imagine your boss saying that to you. Then the second one came after Vince signed a certain superstar. We all kind of know who it is now. After SummerSlam 2021, which took place at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. After the event, Vince texted Miss Grant again, saying, quote, I want to drive you lower and lower, so low that you might beg me. To sell you. Like I said, those are the two text messages that I felt I could go ahead and read on the air, but there are many more, many more text messages that are way worse than this. Now, last Friday, the 26th, it was announced through an email from Nick Khan, president of WWE, to WWE staff. 
stating that as of that day, the 26th, Friday, Vince would resign from TKO and relieve himself of all duties and involvement within TKO and WWE. So, this is pretty much the first time that the WWE is being ran by individuals who don't have the last name of McMahon. After the Royal Rumble, Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H, who is the chief content officer of WWE, declined to comment on the matter by saying that he just wanted to focus on the positives coming out of the week with the Netflix deal, The Rock joining TKO's board of directors, and a successful sellout crowd at Tropicana Field. And, you know, listen, you knew he was going to say something like that, probably because that's what he was being told to say by the higher ups and the lawyers. Just listen, just just stay in your lane. Let the legal proceedings take their course. Continue on running the product. Yada, yada, yada. We'll take care of it. Sure. For me personally, as someone who still loves watching these these athletes, these superstars, and, and some of the storylines within WWE today, I am glad to see Vince go. He had to go. I thought he was gone a year ago, but yet he somehow found his way to weasel back into the WWE to only help facilitate the sale or in this case the merger with Endeavor to form what we have now today as TKO combination of UFC and WWE but he, he seemed to be the type of person that with so much money and power he thought he was invincible no pun intended money can buy you a lot of things and put you in a very prominent and powerful position in society but if you think you can control people more specifically women by sexually assaulting them abusing them exploiting them to others you have another thing coming especially in this day and age with the whole speak out movement now something to keep an eye on over the next few days weeks months however long this is going to take It'll be interesting to see how serious TKO is about this situation. Keep an eye on the more prominent names within the organization that may be asked to leave. Now, 
John Laurinaitis, he's already gone. He's been gone for over a year now. Vince stepped down. And hopefully he's gone for good. Because I don't think any, any company, any sponsor, any advertiser wants to do any kind of business with Vince at this moment. Like I said, I, I personally think more heads are going to roll. And I would love... I would love to get the reactions of the superstars themselves, especially the female superstars and the stars that have been in the WWE for a very long time that know Vince very well. But with a lawsuit and investigation ongoing, I know the company is telling them to, hey, shh, 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 shh. keep quiet because anything that you say can be detrimental to TKO and WWE. So, shh, just don't even mention it. Because that's what they do. Like I said, reading that 67-page lawsuit from start to finish was one of the sickest and disgusting things I've ever seen and read. The text messages alone alone were bad enough for Vince to go. He couldn't survive that. There was no way he was going to survive that. These are all allegations of course, but I mean even if some of this is true it still looks very bad for Vince and the company. Truly a black cloud over this organization that unfortunately isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you all think about this whole situation. You can leave a message on my Instagram and on threads. You can visit at the handle pw underscore digital underscore media underscore entertainment. If you haven't followed me, just go ahead and hit the follow button. It's real simple. Click your follow. Anytime I update, boom, you'll find out. You can hit the notification bell. Notification will pop up on your phone letting you know what update I just put I just put up. And and I feel I feel like I have to share this and, and listen if <clears throat> if you or anyone you know is or has been a victim of sexual assault. There is help out there. You can visit the website. It's www.rain.org. That's www.rain.org. And the phone number that you can reach is 347-242-1000. 
is 1-800-656-HOPE or 1-800-656-4673. I'll give you all that reminder that uh, you are loved. You have value. And you are worth it. God bless you all. Thank you for listening on this special edition of the Philosophy Sessions podcast. Vince, you dirty dog. Hmm. Wow. My name is Phil Washington, and you have been listening to the Philosophy Sessions podcast. We'll see you soon. Class dismissed. Listen up, let me tell you about a podcast Philosophy Sessions with Phil Washington is a blast He drops knowledge like a bomb, got your mind blown Leaves you thinking deep like you're in the unknown Feeling lost, don't you worry, you're not alone Phil's got your back, he'll guide you home Through the maze of life, he'll be your light Like a beacon in the dark, shining bright Remember, you are Lord, you have value And if you're feeling down, don't let it consume you You're worth it more than you'll ever know Like a diamond in the rough, let your light show The views and opinions expressed by the Philosophy Sessions podcast with Phil Washington are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Philosophy Sessions podcast. Any content provided by authors or content creators are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual or anyone or anything. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, do you love good music? You love listening to good vocals? Or are you a fan of NBC's The Voice? Then do me a favor, join host Stephanie and James as they break down each contestant's voice and overall performance from each week's episode. They keep it 100 and voice their opinions with love, kindness, and respect. You can follow The Pitchy Podcast on Instagram at The Pitchy Podcast, spelled T-H-E, P-I-T-C-H-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to their podcast on YouTube and on your favorite podcast platform.